0: Welcome to Grace Family Church. We are so glad you decided to check out our podcast. Our prayer is that this teaching from Pastor Tommy will encourage your faith and lead you towards the greatness God has planned for you. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoy this message. I want to jump into our message today. Um, I've been doing a series entitled Family Values and uh, today I want to just take that a little bit further. We've been really talking about the values um, that should shape our culture as a church, that should cause us to it it should become the DNA of who we are. When people think about grace they they would be able to say man those three things stand out about those folks and we're using um, we, we said actually when we embrace these certain values what will happen is it will foster a vision, it will, it will reach people, it will touch people, but more than anything, it will create an atmosphere where God desires to dwell. How many of you realize God desires to be in everybody's life? Uh, uh, I, but, but, you know, how many of you realize God is not a robot? God's, God has, he's, a, he's a person of will just like we are. He, he makes choices. He, he th- has things he likes, he doesn't like. And, you know, there are certain... Atmospheres in which God chooses to really manifest Himself because it's that comfortable place for Him. And, and we want to allow the Lord to create in us an opportunity for Him to manifest Himself in our presence as strongly as He possibly can so that we can reach others. And so we're using 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5 as our foundational text. And it says, You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Let's pray real quickly. Father, thank you so much that you love us, that you care for us, and that you care about us uh, 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 achieving and uh, and arriving at a place, Lord, where you are most evident in our life, in every capacity. You are most evident in your presence and and our our sensing of just you being with us, but you're also evident in, in all of the blessing that you bring with you. And so, Father, I ask you that as we open your word today, that you would move through me and minister to your people, that we would see Jesus this morning in all that we talk about, and that as we do, Father God, we will be able to say by the end of today that we are better, we are blessed, we are encouraged because we came to church today. So I thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. I want you to notice there in 1 Peter chapter 2, it says we are being built into a spiritual house. So what that verse tells us is that God is working on us. Look at your neighbor, I had you say it last week and say, God is still working on me. He's working on us individually and he's working on us collectively as a group of believers and and he's working on us, it says there, to build a spiritual house a spiritual house. And so God is working on his house. And so we said much like, you know, a person likes to inhabit and dwell in a certain place because it has certain things they like, God is attempting and doing his best to put into us things as we'll respond to him, the attitudes, the virtues, the values that cause him to be, cause us to be a place where he is comfortable and and able to manifest himself. And so we've been talking about those values that should shape us as a church. And we, we really said there are three key values. These should be the things that drive everything we do. And we said, number one was this. We talked about this the last couple weeks. We love God with all of our hearts. How many of you love Jesus with all your heart? Amen. So we talked about what that meant to love Jesus with all of your heart. You know, it's one thing to say it, but it's another thing to display it. And then the second value is, is we value others as much as God does. And then the last thing we talked about is, is we use our gifts to serve others. And so today what I want to do is I want to talk to you about valuing others as much as God does. You know, we said that first of all, we love God with all of our hearts. That's the first and great commandment that God gave us. But the second commandment that he gave us was that second value. So ironically, I don't think it's by anything other than just the sheer design of God. You know, as God spoke these values to my heart, uh, this verse of scripture that I'm about to read to you really didn't come to mind for me, although I've heard it many times. Uh, He spoke these values of loving God and valuing others and serving, right? Uh, Those three values being a part of who we are. Well, this verse shows us that really those first two values are really his first two commands to us as believers. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37 says, Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. So there's the first one. Love God with everything, right? Number two, we said, that's the first and great commandment. And then the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And so the second thing we're called to is not only to love God, but to love others. But I would say this, in order for you to be able to love others, you have to value them. You know, you, you love what you value, right? And you can take that down to just a very minuscule level. You know, some people love pizza, right? And so, and why? Because they value it. They value the taste of it. They, they, y'all getting hungry yet? I actually got an extra long message today, so hold on. I'll stop talk, talking about food. <laughs> but the reality is, is that we've been called to love others, but to love others, you have to value them. And so Romans chapter 12 and verse 9, we said last week, says this, it says, don't pretend to love others, really love them. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. And that's where I want to settle for the rest of the message today is simply this. For you to love someone and value them, it involves you honoring them. It involves you honoring them. We pointed out that in order to embrace a perspective of loving others, we need to see them first as God does, right? First of all, before we even get to valuing them and and honoring them, we need to see them like God does to be able to get to that place. And so last week we said, you know, to be able to do that, you've got to view people in the light of eternity, and you've got to view people in the light of their needs. See, so many times we're so busy, we're just thinking about us, but to value people, you have to recognize that every single soul on this planet is going to spend eternity in either heaven or hell. They're going to, and, so, and so when we meet people, there is a certain part of us that needs to embrace that mindset and see them through the lens of eternity. When you see them in, through the lens of eternity and you see the desperation of the fact that when this life is over, they're going to step into one or the other. It changes the way you minister to them, the way you interact with them, the way you think about them. It might change the way you behave around them, right? So you have to see people through the lens of eternity. Then you have to see people also, not just through the lens of eternity, but through their temporary needs, because just because God cares about people eternally doesn't mean he's callous to their everyday needs. We see this with Jesus when he was on the planet. He came to seek and save the lost, he said. That was his goal. But it also said when he saw their needs, he was moved with compassion. His heart welled up within them. Do we see people that way when when we say we value others? And so in in valuing each others, what that verse says is the way we do that is by honoring them. And so I want to talk to you today about the symptoms of honoring people. Just these are the things that should be evident amongst us when we honor people. Number one, when you value and honor others, you treat them with honor and respect. What do I mean by that? That word honor means this. It means to esteem, to show dignity, to deem as value. So when we value others or esteem them, think about that word esteem, it means to lift them up, to give them dignity. So what that means is is if we're going to love others the way God does, then we need to see people as valuable when we interact with them. But you know, sometimes we can be so busy. Sometimes we can be focused on things, and and we don't take the time to stop in that moment of interaction to esteem them and think about the fact that here is someone that God loves. Here is someone that, that God brought into my life to interact with. We need to esteem and honor them. If we truly value others, we should make it a practice to stop ourselves at the beginning of every human engagement and elevate them to a place of honor. What do I mean by stop yourself? You ever just been, you know, talking to somebody and, and, and in a moment just, just stopped in your mind and thought, wait a minute. This is somebody that's valuable to God. I want you to think about that for a moment. The people you interacted with this morning. No matter what your opinion is of them, they are precious and valuable to God. And in order to be able to love them and honor them the way that we should, we need to lift them up and give them dignity. What do I mean by dignity? Well, I think about it. If a dignitary walked into this room, how would you treat them? Would you interact with them a little differently? Would you show them respect and honor? Would you stop and listen when they talked? That's the kind of honor that we're talking about. That God has called us to to value others. You know, um, <laughs> you can tell a lot about a person by the, where, where they spend their time, right? So I'm going to give you're going to learn a lot about me in this next statement. Um, Jimmy John's food for thought number thirteen. You go into Jimmy John's, you'll find this on on a on a on a, on a, on a sign. J- So what does that say a lot about me? I like subs. I can't eat them like I used to, though, because I just blow up. But anyway, Jimmy John's food for thought number 13. A person, here's what it says. A person that is nice to you but mean to the waitress is not a nice person. Why? Because you don't value them. And, you know, that's an interesting statement when I read it. I was sitting there with my son. This was several years ago when I read it, and it stood out to me, man. I mean, you, could, you could preach a message on that. Because it's not just Jimmy John's thought number 13. It's biblical. When you love somebody, you value them. When you truly, and so what that means is, is when, if God is calling us to be a church that values others, then that means in every interaction we should stop and lift that person up to a place of dignity and honor which means if that waitress is having a hard day and she brought you cold french fries, you should still love her. And you should probably double tip her because she's probably having a hard time. Amen. Matter of fact, I'll tell you this, as a Christian, you should double tip anyway. I went to to a restaurant just recently and it was a Sunday afternoon and the waitress actually said, this is the worst day for tips for me. Christians tips horribly. they get a $25.98 bill and they'll give them two cents as a tip. He said, well, that's my money. Well, that's okay, selfish. Keep your money. Point is, when you value somebody, you see it as an opportunity every single time you interact with them as an opportunity to show the love of God in whatever way possible you can. And so we have to value each other. And so, you know, a person that treats the waitress mean, not only do they need to listen to Jimmy John's thought number 13, but they need a crash course in valuing people. Right? From the waitress to the slow driver in front of you? Oh, me. Right? To each and every one sitting in this room and anyone that will ever darken the doors of this room, we need to elevate them to a place of honor. James chapter 2 and verses 1 through 4 and 8 and 9, lengthy verse of scripture, but I want to read it to you all in one shot. It says this, it says, my dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? Who?" For example, suppose someone comes into your meeting dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry, and another comes in who is poor and dressed in dirty clothes. If you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, you can stand over there or sit on the floor, well, doesn't that, this discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives? Wow, that's strong, isn't it? Yes, indeed, it is good when you obey the royal law as found in the Scriptures. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you favor some people over others, you're committing sin. Woo! You are guilty of breaking the law. This Scripture is all about valuing people, right? Right? James is talking about the value we place upon people. And notice the first thing he says is in verse 1. He says in verse 1, notice what it says there. My dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in Jesus if you don't value others, basically? Right? He questions the sincerity of our faith. Are we really people that have been touched by the Master if we won't allow the Master to touch others through us? Right? We're so consumed about our things. Verse 4 says, not only does not seeing others bring into question the authenticity of our faith, but it also allows a carnal perspective to taint our judgment. It says we're allowing evil motives to shape our view. You realize when you look at somebody and you demean them, or you think, ah, well, you know, they're not that important. That's not just a thought. That's not just a ranking for you. That is an evil carnal thought. We should, see, we should see people and esteem them uh, uh, the way that God desires for us to do that. And it tells us the cure for that is in verse 8. It says, yes, indeed, it is good when you obey the royal laws found in the Scripture. Love your neighbor as yourself. So esteeming others and loving others means thinking about it this way. How would I want to be treated in this moment? How would I want to be viewed in this moment? Would I want to be intently listened to? What I want to be really heard? What I want someone to truly express they care about me? And then once again, verse 9, it says, if we do this, we're sinning. If we don't do this, we're sinning. You know, I thought about that for a moment. You know, sinning, we think about sinning as, you know, smoking, drinking, chewing, killing, lying, adultery. We think about that as sinning, right? But, I mean, when somebody walks into this church or into our life and we look at them and think, ah, well, you know, that one's, take that one or leave one. That's sinning. That's sinning. Why is that sinning? Well, think about it for a moment. What is sin? Sin separates you from the presence of God. And when you make a choice to say, I don't esteem them enough to really hone in on them, really invest in them, really think about the value of them, what you're doing is you're separating yourself from where God wants to be. You're separating, him from the, from, you're separating yourself from his presence. And as I was thinking about that, I really thought about the moments in time in my life where I took the time to do that, to stop and arrest myself and say, wait a minute. I need to dignify this person in my mind. I need to view them as I would the highest dignitary of any country on this planet. I need to esteem them. I need to look past what I see, and I need to see that God loves them. When I've sent, when I've taken the time to do that, it's in those moments I have truly sensed the presence of God rush into that moment. See, there's a deeper flow of the spirit that can only be reached by esteeming others as God does and engaging them. It's a flow that not only blesses others, but it floods you with the very peace and love of God. Why? Because all of a sudden, you've taken on a kingdom mentality. I forget about me for a moment, and I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God. And in that moment, he floods into your life, and a very real manifested presence of God shows up. Because you've truly embraced the fact that this person is valuable and God may have a moment. He may have a moment where he wants to touch them through me. Matter of fact, he may, it ain't he may, he does. He gave you the moment to touch them. It may not be a profound word, it may just be a smile. But if you, are, if you value them, and as I said last week, you see them. You don't just see them, but you see them, right? Right? That's a value. That should be a character of our church. And why? Because that's who Jesus is. How many of you realize he sees you this morning? He sees what you're going through. He understands your problems. He knows you have needs. And no matter how much this ugly preacher up here may be talking about something you may not even care about, he is trying to get to you this morning. He sees you. So one of the symptoms of valuing others is that you esteem them. What's another symptom? When you value others you are emotionally connected to them. When you value anything for that matter, how many of you realize you're emotionally connected to it? You know, um, one of the best scenarios I've ever seen for this is how many of you have a cell phone? Actually, I didn't plan this this morning, (laughs) Shannon. But I walked in and I I couldn't find my cell phone. I'd left it in my truck. But I panicked for a minute. Why? Because I'm emotionally connected to my cell phone. You ever lost your cell phone or your your mobile phone? Felt like you lost your whole world? It's a shame how reliant we've become on technology (laughs) these days. But the reality is, is we have. And because of it, we're connected to it. And because we're connected to it, there's emotion involved when we lose it. Or something happens to it. That doggone thing ain't working right. What's wrong with this thing? All of a sudden, you're emotional. Why? Because you're connected to it. When you love someone and you value them, you're emotionally connected to them. It would hurt you if something happened to them. What that tells me then is this, is that when you are emotionally connected to something, you see that thing as a connection or or as an extension of yourself. When you lose this, you feel like you lost your right arm. My question is this, do we value others so much in this room and those that God desires to bring to uh, bring to us that when we don't see them we feel like we've lost a part of ourselves? See that's the kind of connection that we're talking about. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says the body of Christ has many many, many part, different parts. And just as other body uh, just as any other body does, Some of us are Jews and others are Gentiles. Some of us are slaves and others are free. But God's Spirit baptized us and made us part of the body of Christ. Now we drink from the same Spirit. What does that say? It says we're all connected. We're all a part of one family. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a part of my family. You are. And not just the one that's in your household. Maybe I should say... Tell you to look to the back of the room and see someone else and connect eyes with them and tell them, you're a part of my family. Romans chapter 12 and verse 5 says, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body. And notice this. This is so strong. We belong to each other. We belong to each other. That phrase leapt off the page to me when I read it this weekend because it says, and and all week as I meditated on it, we belong. That word belong means we are mutually together. Webster's Dictionary defines belong this way, to be the property of. You understand how strong that is? What What the Spirit of God says to you this morning about you being a part of the body of Christ as a whole, and if you call this your home, then being a part of this group, that we are the property of each other. I gotta tell you, some people may get scared about that. They may get offended about that. They maybe get worried about that, right? But what that means is, is that all of who I am belongs to you and all of who you are belongs to me. Now if you got a bunch of selfish people, that should make everybody really worried, right? But if we all love each other collectively and see the value in each other, the way that God has called us to be, then we are a connected family that says, man, if you need something, you got it. If you're hurting, I'm hurting. We're called to view each other as belonging to each other. Do we really value each other that way? Do we really see each other as an extension of ourselves? 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 20 says, "But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary." That's a really strong statement. Do we view what we would call weaker vessels as more necessary? You know? And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. As members of Christ's body, we need to value each other so much that we value them as a part of our own body. I want you to think about it for a minute. Even the littlest part of your body... If you had to lose it, that'd be a pretty emotional, traumatic thing, wouldn't it? I mean, I know people who've had to lose a finger. You may be in that situation. I don't know. But that's traumatic. Do we view each person here so valuable that we cannot afford to lose them? And I'm not talking about from a church growth standpoint. I'm talking about from a church of the Lord Jesus Christ, members of his body standpoint. That I can't afford to allow you to fall away. I can't afford to not have you on my team. See, when you value somebody and you're emotionally connected to them, you want them in your life. You want them on your team, right? i got to tell you, I want her on my team. (laughs) I love her. But I will tell you something, I want all of you on my team, right? And I want, you, I want to be on your team. I think about draft day, you know, how many of you have watched any of the NFL draft? You know, think about draft day, and I, I look at those organizations that place value upon that single individual to be the savior of their organization. By the time they get to the place where they make that pick, they are emotionally connected I mean, I watched the NFL draft and I watch these, these, you know, they're they're showing remote camera views of these uh, uh, office, or you know, whatever it is, the campus for the Cleveland Browns. You know, all these guys are sitting in this room in suits and ties. I mean, you're talking 50, 60 people all standing there waiting with bated breath for this commissioner of the NFL to announce their pick. All of them placing value upon that one person. So much value. And when the pick is made, all of them are like, Woo! Yeah! We got them! Emotionally connected, right? Emotionally connected. Are we emotionally... Listen to me. Are we... I'm not just... I hope hope you just don't hear words this morning. Are we emotionally connected like that as a body of believers? That should be the uncommon difference of the churches of the Lord Jesus Christ. That we value each other. Do we express through, to people through our actions and our attentiveness that we want them on our team? 1 John chapter 1 and verse 3. John said, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard and which we have seen with our eyes. He's talking about Jesus. You know, He walked with him. He talked with him. He sat before him. Which we have looked at and our hands have touched. Notice this. Now we're telling you so you can experience it along with us. This was the heart of John, inspired by the Holy Spirit to put this in Scripture. He said, I want to tell you about my relationship with Jesus, not so you can go enjoy it privately on your own. I want to tell you about my relationship with Jesus so you can enjoy it with me. We've been called to be with each other. We've been called to be a body. That was Jesus' prayer for us. John chapter 17 and verse 20, 21 and 23 says, Neither pray pray I for these alone, but for them also, which also believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, I in them and thou in me, that they may be perfect in one. Musicians, if you'll come with me. I got a whole bunch left that I'm going to give you next week. But I feel like the Lord wants me to stop right there for a moment. We are called to be a body of believers. Not a mass of individuals who come together on Sunday morning. But people who share life together. That we are people that value each other and every single person that walks through this door. That we look at them and we stop for a moment and we see them and we esteem them and we raise them to a place of dignity in our life. I just want to encourage you today. You know, I really, there's a whole lot more behind this, but I, and and, you know, some would say, just go ahead. But I really sense that we need to stop here for a moment and you need to meditate on this and we need to spend a moment just worshiping God for a moment. I'm going to teach on the rest of this next week, but there's so much that comes behind this sentiment of valuing others, esteeming them. I got to tell you, I'm growing as a pastor as I look at this. Man, Each and every one of you, God loves you so much. We need to care for each other. Amen. We need to lift people up and dignify them in our own minds. Stop and see them for who they are. Bow your heads with me. Father, I just really sensed in my heart that this was a moment you wanted me to stop. Father, you desire us to be a place where we truly value others, that it would be a signature of who we are. It's, it's your call for every believer. It's not anything unique. We don't have a corner on it, and I would never, ever want us to be prideful in that sense. But you desire us to be a place that where people, when they show up, they feel valued. They see a group of people that say, man, we really want you on our team. Not on our team as a church, but on our team, the team of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I pray, Father God, that as we're here this morning, we would stop and see each other. That we would truly look at each other and allow ourselves to become emotionally connected to each other. From what we would deem the least to the greatest, I know you use that terminology in 1 Corinthians, when talking about the body, but you really don't see people in stack rank. But that we would look around, and Lord, we would truly, as as we came together yesterday, to support Todd and help him move as a family of believers that loved him. As we're so grateful to see Debbie here with us this morning, Father, that we would sincerely join in prayer with that family as they're going through and and overcoming what what they're dealing with that we would truly exemplify the body of the Lord Jesus Christ that we see in the book of Acts that was willing to lay down their lives for each other, Lord, that we wouldn't just say that, that it wouldn't just be a slogan on a card that we hand out, that we would be that. Living stones joined with one another. It's radical, Lord, it's, it's radical. It's, it's, it is absolutely radical to challenge ourselves to live to that level of connectiveness, but I believe that's what you're calling us to be. It's what you've called all of us to be, to be one as you and your son are one. We love you so much, Father, and I just want to be sensitive to your spirit to allow you to move in this moment, to do something supernatural in us. To leave an indelible fingerprint on our lives that cause us in every moment, in every circumstance, whether it's a slow driver or a bad waitress or someone that you brought into our life, whatever, or the people that sit around us, that we would stop and esteem them. Change me. Change us. I thank you for it, Father. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. Because you are so valued by me and by this church and to God, God cares about what you may be dealing with this morning. If you're here this morning, first of all, and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, He values you and where you will spend eternity. Thanks for listening to our Grace Family Church podcast. We really hope you enjoyed this message. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, we would love for you to get connected. Just go to gfcva.info to learn more about who we are, how to give to this ministry, or how you can get involved. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.